significant setback for the Islamic State, U.S. officials said. As for the Iraq side of the border, the president's top advisors have recommended embedding U.S. advisors at the brigade level for specific operations, such as the attack to retake Ramadi, a key western Iraqi city that Islamic State forces seized this past spring. Such a move would position U.S. troops, now largely assigned to training bases, closer to the front lines, where they would help Iraq commanders plan and prosecute the day-to-day fight against the Islamic State in Ramadi. In both Iraq and Syria, senior officials have also discussed more aggressively targeting Islamic State infrastructure to cripple the group financially. The Islamic State depends on the sale of oil and electricity inside Syria to pay for its military operations. A more aggressive air campaign, however, carries risks of increasing civilian casualties or making an already horrible humanitarian situation worse. The president first asked for a broader set of options in Iraq and Syria in July when he made a rare visit to the Pentagon to meet with Carter and his top commanders. The meeting came two months after the fall of Ramadi, a time when the White House was more open to the expanded military force than it had been earlier in the campaign. What the Islamic State did sent a shock through the system, said Sean Brimley, a former White House and Pentagon official who is now executive vice president at the Center for a New American Security. Following that meeting, Carter asked his generals to develop detailed options for Iraq and Syria, and they were forwarded to the president last week. At the same time, top Pentagon officials were generating new plans for the White House to keep troops in Afghanistan beyond Obama's presidency. Earlier this month, Obama said 5,500 troops would stay in Afghanistan in 2017 and prosecute counterterrorism operations against the remnants of al-Qaeda and the Islamic State a major shift from his earlier vow to bring home virtually all American forces before he left office. Pentagon officials say Carter has presented the White House with more detailed proposals for responding to the Islamic State than his predecessor, Chuck Hagel. Philosophically, he's always been more forward-leaning about using the military, said a senior defense official who, like other officials, spoke on the condition of anonymity to comment on internal discussions. A physicist who was focused largely on managing multi-billion dollar weapons programs Carter was not responsible for planning combat operations during his previous Pentagon tours. The more active approach being pressed by Carter and his top commanders in Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan carries risks. The measures proposed by Carter could lead to greater American casualties. Last week, as part of an effort to work with local forces in Iraq, Carter approved a hostage rescue operation there that left one Delta Force soldier dead, the first combat casualty since troops returned to Iraq last year. Following the operation, Carter said he expected that U.S. troops would take part in more raids in the future. Pentagon officials said Carter, like other senior aides, had been convinced of the need for new steps after setbacks such as the fall of Ramadi and the difficulties that U.S. Central Command has faced in finding suitable partners in Syria. He recognized that we've got to do something different, the senior defense official said. The White House declined to comment on the options being considered by Obama. The biggest problem facing Carter and Obama is that the increase in American military commitment would be unlikely to produce any major changes to the political situations in Iraq and Syria that have given rise to the Islamic State. In Iraq, the United States is fighting the Islamic State alongside Shiite militias, some of which are backed by Iran. Just across the border in Syria, Iran-backed Shiite militias are fighting in support of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, who is barrel-bombing civilians and battling the moderate rebel groups that the United States is supporting. Obama has said that Assad who depends on Iranian and Russian military backing for his regime's survival, must go for there to be any hope of peace. If what the White House wants is creative thinking, they need more of a magician than a Secretary of Defense, said Stephen Biddle, 
a professor at George Washington University's Elliott School of International Affairs, and a frequent advisor to the military. Our interests align with none of our allies in this conflict. Russia's recent airstrikes in support of Assad's forces, for the moment, seem likely only to prolong the war and increase the humanitarian crisis in the country. If conditions worsen in Syria, producing even greater flows of refugees headed for Europe, Carter and eventually Obama could feel pressure to further escalate American involvement in the conflict. A similar dynamic could play out in Afghanistan, where Carter and his commanders advocated forcefully for a larger American presence than Obama initially planned, and were able to win the president's backing. Obama's plans now call for keeping 9,800 U.S. troops in the country through most of next year before reducing the force to about 5,500 in late 2016 or early 2017. But the current American force of about 9,800 troops has not been enough to prevent the Taliban from making gains against Afghan army and police forces.